I am Sarah Jane Case, and this is Enneagram and Coffee. Happy Thursday, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. Today we are continuing with the series I'm trying out where we give advice that no one asked for by topic for each Enneagram type. Today we're covering the topic of self-care for type twos. I'll cover what life can look like for you with and without self-care, what you may do to sabotage your self-care, and a few practical tips for infusing more self-care into your life. But first, today's rosebud and thorn. So my rose for today is kind of nerdy, but bear with me. I've been setting myself up goals for reading and it's really giving me life. And I think it's because I need the challenge to kind of keep my energy up. Like I need something pushing me, like a goal um, to keep me going. So I'm currently reading a book that I enjoy, but I'm like, I want to get this done by Sunday. And so... I broke down the book into however many days it would take to finish it. And so I'm going to read 75 pages a day until I'm done. And having that goal just kind of forces me to prioritize reading and deprioritize other things and makes me feel really excited. I think it's this is amplified by the fact that I'm like reading through my bookshelf and I'm only on shelf two. And so <laughs> I want to read my books faster so that I can get through the entire shelf. I don't know, you guys. This might sound like you would never do this to yourself, but for me, it feels like a fun game. And it's my rose today. My thorn is that I honestly, if I'm being really transparent with you, I'm feeling a bit disconnected from Instagram at the moment. I just, we're, you know, we're in this season of transition. I'm figuring out what Instagram is going to look like for me moving forward. I'm dealing with a decent amount of COVID anxiety, so I don't really have an interest in following other people on Instagram right now. Like seeing people out doing things is really stressful for me. Um, so I'm trying to avoid looking at other people's feeds and therefore like my pull to be on the app itself is kind of pretty low. Yeah, I'm just having so much fun creating content for the podcast and for YouTube. Like those two things I feel really connected to. But for whatever reason, Instagram is just not it for me right now. I know that that connection will come back. Because the thing is, the appeal of it for me is that that's where I get to really talk to you guys. I get to hear from you. But spoiler alert, if you are following someone who has a pretty large following on one account, a fun fact is that if you talk to them on the accounts where they have a smaller following, you are more likely to get your message seen. So I'm kind of having fun with YouTube because I'm getting like two comments a day, two or three comments a day, and I can like actually see them and respond to them versus on Instagram, I really, there's so many kind of people coming in and out in my DMs and on the comment section that I have a harder time really engaging with each one and seeing each one. So yeah, I don't know, (laughs) but that's just my thorn for today. That's kind of what's going up. I'm sure that will change and phase, things will come in phases as, as always. My bud is that on Saturday, I'm going to do some spring cleaning and I'm honestly really looking forward to it. I'm going to 
change out my wardrobe from winter to spring. I'm going to um, move some furniture and clean underneath it. We're going to change out our, our bedding and I feel really excited about that. So it just means that my favorite time of year is here and the world is coming alive and it's going to be great. So that is what's up for me right now. Now let's give some unsolicited advice on self-care for type two. So my dear type twos, honestly, you're my favorite people to talk to about self-care because I want you to have it the most. I think this is why twos and sevens should be friends. I think there's some magic in uh, my seven tendency to really take care of myself and to do what feels good to me that I just want every two in the world and every two in my life to let me shake them a little bit and be like, it's okay to do things for yourself. It's okay. Um, so I'm excited about this episode for you. Now let's talk a little bit about when self-care gets neglected for our twos, what can happen? So the first sign that self-care is neglected for you is that you feel resentful about your daily tasks. You find yourself washing the dishes and feeling irritated by that. You're feeling like, ugh, why am I always the one who does this? Um, You kind of feel angry at the people who are closest to you because you feel like you're the only one doing anything. The second thing is that you blame others for the things in your life that you are settling for. Like, I would travel, but I have children. I would, I would love to move to New York City, but I can't do that because blank. Oh, it would be nice to go on vacation alone, but that's not an option for me. This is a sign that you're ignoring your wants and your needs and that you are, it's kind of like we put people in our life as a placeholder for the reasons that we can't do the things we want to do when in reality we're choosing to not do those things. Three is give what you actually wish you would receive. So this is the other sign that you're neglecting your self-care is that you're giving to people out of hopes that they'll take notice and they'll give that to you in return. So maybe you're thirsty and you fill up their glass of water. Um, Maybe you need some time off. So you ask your partner like, hey, do you need some time alone? Instead of just asking directly, you kind of subtly try to place hints as to how you would be like like to be treated by treating them the way that you're craving that you would be treated. You give someone a really good birthday present and hope that they'll do the same in return. Number four, you have several versions of yourself that you create to play different roles for different people's needs. Meaning maybe there's a version of you that you take to work to fill the needs there. There's a version of you that you take home to take care of the needs there. Um, There's a version of you in your small groups or wherever you do for your hobbies. Like you're kind of showing up for different people in different ways to match their needs. And this is a sign that self-care is being neglected because this is kind of pulling you further away from the truth of who you are, right? If you're kind of putting on who you think you need to be to meet all of these different people's needs, well, then who are you? When do you get to just be whatever it is that you are, right? You're not getting to relax into who you are in your essence of your being. So that's what happens when we don't have self-care. Now, when we have self-care, You feel supported by the people in your life, you own your choices, and you love life where you are instead of wanting a life that you could love. 
You give out of the kindness of your heart and you don't look for evidence that you aren't loved. When you're really taking care of yourself, like you are so well loved by you that you aren't looking for love, evidence of love all around you because you're, you've got yourself taken care of. You and you are good. The fourth way to know that you've got self-care going on is that you know who you are, what you want, and that stays the same in all scenarios. You aren't kind of reinventing the wheel of who you are in every conversation. You are confident in who you are and what you want, and you feel comfortable asking for that and providing that for yourself. So let's talk a little bit about how you sabotage. Like, What are the things that are depleting your ability to self-care? So the first one is that you don't ask for help, right? So maybe you try to subtly get help instead. So you, again, that example of you fill the water cup, hoping that someone will fill your water cup. Instead of just saying, hey, do you mind pouring me a glass of water? That would mean a lot to me. There's some belief underneath that if you ask for what you need directly, that you will not be loved, that you will no longer be lovable. But by asking for help, you actually receive the evidence that people will be there even when you are in need. You sabotage by not asking for help, by trying to subtly get it. When you try to subtly get your needs met, most people are going to miss those hints. We're not paying that close of attention. And honestly, you shouldn't be either. Like, I think a lot of times our type twos are like, well, if I can pay that close of attention to you, then you can pay that close of attention to me. But you're doing way more work than you have to do or should do in relationships. And it's more beneficial for you to step back, do less, and take care of yourself. And we'll get into that in a second um, on another one of these points. But that's the first thing is that you try to subtly get your needs met by helping other people. Two, is that you think that giving to yourself means taking from others. This is what I was talking about a second ago, where it's like actually you need to give less because you believe this, in my opinion, you believe this because you have most of your life existed in a vacuum, meaning that you are giving and you are giving and you are giving and people are taking and they are taking and they're taking and it is sucking you dry. And it exists like this because the people that you are giving to, they are taking, but also they're feeding themselves they're not giving all of the energy that they have to you. They're giving some of that to themselves and maybe a little bit to you, but you are giving everything to them. And so there's a natural like gravitational pull that's occurring where they're sucking from you and you are getting depleted. And so in order to cut off the vacuum, you need to pull back, give more to yourself, and give less outward. And the way that this this functions healthily is that you take care of your needs, they take care of their needs, and then everything that you give to each other is this beautiful bonus. It's not I'm giving so much that I'm in need, I'm in so much need that everything that I give feels like I'm sucking myself dry. And that's the reason that we think that giving to ourselves is taking from others because when we're giving out of a vacuum, we're sucking ourselves dry, giving, 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 then when someone else gives to themselves, it 
feels really selfish. Like, why aren't you as depleted as I am? Why are you taking and still giving to yourself? How come I have to give to you and you're giving to you? Why are you getting so much and I'm getting so little? But if everybody's taking care of themselves, then everything that you give to each other is just this beautiful gift. Okay, third way that you sabotage is you don't set boundaries out of fear of pushing people away. Resentment is your indicator that you need a boundary. We'll talk about this a little more in a second. And when you don't set boundaries, both going into other people's space, you know, helping them when they're not asking for help, that's crossing a boundary of yourself, but then also letting people cross your boundaries over and over and over again and feeling like there's nothing you can do about it because you're so scared of ending those relationships or tethering those relationships. But the reality is, right, if you set a boundary with someone and they freak out or they disconnect from you, that is just the information you needed to know that the boundary was 100% necessary, right? People who you don't need to set strong boundaries with when you set a boundary are like, good for you. I'm proud of you. Way to go. Good on ya. People who you need to set boundaries with are the ones who respond weirdly to you setting the boundary. So just know that setting a boundary is always a good call. If it pushes someone away, is that the person that you wanted in your life to begin with, right? You have to separate people's reaction to you from your sense of worth. You are innately lovable. You are innately good. You are innately worthy. If someone moves away from you because you are taking better care of yourself, that is good information, not about who you are and how worthy of love you are, how good you are. No, that is the information as to who they are and what they're willing to tolerate in terms of you getting your needs met. We do not want people in our lives who are there to take from us. We want people in our lives who are excited to know us, who are excited to contribute equally to our dynamics. We do not need to bend over and give, 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 suck ourselves dry, put up with just any kind of behavior of any sort in order to feel worthy. That that is, we're beyond that. You are beyond that. Time for that is over. It's time for you to move through that and get to the other side and appreciate the healthy relationships in your life and limit access for the people who are taking from you without concern. I got on a soapbox there. Told you I was excited about this episode. Okay, now the fourth way that our type twos can sabotage their self-care is they don't get to know their own needs. There's so much awareness of the needs of other people, but pretty much there can often be like a complete dismissal or ignorance of your own needs, like having just like no clue what you want or need. Like you're, you're filling up that water cup for someone else while your throat is dry and you don't even realize it. Like you don't even know that you are thirsty. You just feel a sensation and you think, oh, Joe must be thirsty. And it's not, you're not even realizing that you're actually very, very thirsty. Um, So this is actually the first thing that I would want you to pay attention to um, as you're growing and doing some Enneagram work. Like we might need to start with just noticing our needs. And oftentimes for our twos, noticing your needs comes from noticing what you continue to give. If you make a really big deal out of everybody's birthday, 
maybe having a, someone make a really big deal out of your birthday is something that matters to you. If you always pour the drink for someone that you're sitting with, maybe you're thirsty, maybe you like when people do that for you and that's something you can ask for in your relationships. If you find that you jump up and open the door for somebody, maybe that's something that's special to you, something that's important to you. That's how you can kind of start to recognize the things that matter to you, the things that you need. Okay, so we've talked about without self-care, what it looks like. We've talked about what it looks like when you do have self-care, how you sabotage your self-care. Now let's get into some practical ways that you can infuse more self-care into your life. So the first act of self-care that you can do is to ask directly and specifically the things that you want and need from the people in your life. Like we talked about, like they are not looking for the subtle hints that you are tired or thirsty or don't want to do the dishes. You have got to say directly, hey, when you notice that my water glass is empty and you fill it up, that means a lot to me. Or I'm feeling really tired today. Do you mind doing the dishes tonight? And then you are not responsible for predicting how they will respond. Right. So often when I give this advice to, to the twos in my life or to twos that I'm working with, they say, but what if they say no? Well, that's not your job. It's not your job to try and predict how they will respond. Your job is just to ask a very unweighted question. Your likelihood of getting a successful response goes significantly up if you don't add a lot to it. So you're not saying, hey, I've been doing the dishes every single night this week. Can you just do it for once? That sets you up for failure. What you're asking is like, hey, I'm tired tonight. Do you mind handling the dishes? If they say no, then you can decide how you respond to that. But you don't need to not ask the question out of fear that they'll respond poorly. Because remember, we are not attaching their response to how good or lovable we are or even how much they love us. Maybe they're tired. Maybe they're having a bad day. Maybe they're irritable. But that has nothing to do with how worthy we are, how lovable we are, how much we deserve tenderness and care, and even just a break. Maybe the dishes don't even need to get done tonight. They can get done tomorrow. But you can problem solve it together. But you definitely will always be depleted if you never ask. Number two is resentment is the sign for a needed boundary. This is something that we talked about a second ago in how you sabotage. When you feel resentment arise, that's information that there's somewhere in which a boundary is being crossed that you maybe haven't even set. So if you're starting to feel like, oh, I'm giving so much to this one person, well, what's going on here? Let's evaluate, you know, where do you need to set a boundary for yourself? Maybe you're stepping in and giving more than you even were asked to give. So maybe you can set a boundary for yourself or maybe there needs to be a boundary set for them. If they're coming into your space and creating frustration or irritation or discontent for you, then maybe you can ask for them, you know, to set a, set a clear boundary with them. Okay, the third is consider the identity triangle. Let's say there's, you know, three points to a triangle. One point is your true essence of who you are, your true identity. One point is your perceived identity, how other people are seeing you. And your third point is your ideal identity, who you think you will be one day, who you hope to be, the best version of yourself. The further that these are apart, the more disconnected you will feel 
and the less in tune with your life you're going to feel. So the ultimate goal to have like confidence and to feel capable and to feel like we're in alignment with who we are, where we're going, who we want to be, is for those three points to be as close together as we can get them. So meaning how we see ourselves, how other people see us, and who we want to be are as close to uh, as close to similar as we can get them a lot of times again for our twos you guys are playing to the crowd a little bit want meeting everybody's needs and so that perceived identity has like 32 points and then your true self is getting completely ignored and then you have this ideal self and oftentimes the ideal version of yourself requires you to have those 32 different points of how you're being perceived by different people because to be lovable, you have to be likable and to be likable, you have to mold yourself to fit the needs of all these people. And that's exhausting, right? So what we really need to do is say like, okay, who am I in my essence? How can I get closer to who I wanna be as a person truthfully, who the really the best version of myself is and then how can I make sure that those are how I'm being perceived by other people, that I'm presenting that instead of presenting what I think other people want from me? The fourth practical tip for infusing more self-care is to block off time at least once a week, if not every day, to be alone and bored and self-sufficient. Like fully just, what do I want? What do I need? How can I provide that for myself? How can I cut off communication between other people and me so that I'm receiving less input, less requests, and I can really just focus on who I am, what I want, and what I need. Okay, so the final one is a bonus. Um, this is the one that I like to give that's like, okay, I know this is a big ask, but I have to ask it. I have to kind of push you and challenge you to try it because... I think it would be revolutionary if you did, but I'm aware that it's a big one. Um, but for you type twos, it is to go on vacation alone. Obviously, when it is safe to do so, but I just think you should try it. Even if you're just, like recently I rented an Airbnb in my hometown and just took some time to be alone for a week and it is life-giving. You can do this too. Just give yourself time because here's the thing. You're so aware of the needs of other people that it's really hard for you to connect to the truth of who you are, what you really want, and what you need. You get this opportunity to experience a pure version of getting what your needs met by yourself, making sure you're taken care of, making sure that you are the only one to focus on, you know, getting the rest that you probably need, and you're having an adventure, which I think most twos kind of actually really need that adventure in their lives, that connection to independence and that connection to feeling excited and seeing new things. And it further connects you to the truth of who you are and separates you from identifying yourself as the roles that you're in. You're not just a husband. You're not just a wife. You're not just a father or a mother. You are like this whole person with all of these interests and ideas. And the more time you spend alone doing really cool stuff, the more you see yourself and you come alive and you feel lovable just for being not, you're not having to earn all of that love because you feel like you're seeing yourself and you can really appreciate yourself. 
So that's my bonus one. I really hope you try it. If you were two who has traveled alone and you're like, yeah, I've done it, it's amazing, let me know. Let the other twos know in uh, an Instagram post because it's good, it's good to hear. All right, thank you all for being here. As always, it is such a joy to create this content for you. If you are looking for support in finding more self-care without neglecting the things you wanna do in your life, you may be interested in my community, The Brave Collective. You can find that at thebravecollective.co and we will link that in the show notes for you. Thank you guys so much for being here and I will see you tomorrow for the next episode.